He didn't like to take the fish off the hook. He didn't like to put the bait on the hook. Whenever he would catch a fish, that meant he had to do something with it, and that ruined his relaxation. And so he found out that if he just relaxed by doing nothing, then people would say he's lazy because he's not doing anything, but he could fish all he wanted, and people would say, well, he's out you know, fishing. Didn't seem all that that lazy. And so people would see him on the riverbank and they would say, look, he's fishing. Don't bother him. And so Mark Twain came up with the perfect solution. He would take a fishing pole and a line and a bobber, but he wouldn't put a hook on the end of it. And so what he would do is he would cast the line out into the water and the bobber would just float on top and people would walk by and see him sitting on the, the side of the riverbank and say, hey, don't, don't bother him. He's, he's fishing. And so that way he wasn't bothered by people and he wasn't bothered by fish. He had the best of both worlds. Now, Mark Twain is like a lot of Christians that I know today. They might have their pole in the water. They might appear to be doing all the right things, but there's, there's no hook in the water. There's no bait on, on the hook. And honestly, they're just kind of relaxing, hoping that no other people bother them either way. Well, I hope that I bother you a little bit this morning. Take it for what it's worth. I want to bother you a little bit, you know, because here's what we do. We may talk to some people about the Lord. If, if we're asked, you know, we might talk to people about the Lord if it comes up, if someone asks us. But what are we doing to go out and, and reach people? What are we doing to attract people? What are we doing to actually catch fish and bring them into the fold? I'm pretty sure that the story that I told you about Mark Twain isn't exactly the way Jesus wanted us to do things when it came to catching people. Because here's what he said at one point. He said, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. And I'm excited to start this new series uh, this morning that we're calling Hooked. Uh, fishers of men, and in this series, we're going to see how Jesus used some fishermen and some, some people of other professions to turn the world upside down. And we need to understand something about this whole analogy of fishing, right? In Jesus' time, it's what a lot of people did, it's what most people did. A lot of people did it for a living. It was a very important, it was a very common activity. In fact, many of the disciples were fishermen. Many of Jesus' parables involved fishing and the, the, the area around the Sea of Galilee. He talked about fishing a lot, and, and it's where Jesus did a lot of his earthly ministry was around the sea. And so he would speak to people based on things that they knew, and fishing was an integral part of what was going on in the world in the New Testament, and learning to become fishers of men was an integral part of what Jesus was wanting his church to do. And unless you've never been fishing before, or maybe you've never seen uh, a bass fishing tournament on ESPN, you know that fishing requires certain things. I think there's five main ingredients. It requires patience and skill and mental and physical strength. I remember Kendall talking with you about the time you caught the shark. That was not an easy catch, I'm guessing. You had to work at that a little bit. And it took a willingness to get your hands dirty. And it takes the right tools. And so when I think about this, and I actually say these things out loud, that's no different 
than what I think we need when it comes to reaching people for Jesus. I think that's what ministry is all about, patience and skill and mental and physical strength. It's a willingness to get your hands dirty. It's a willingness to go out and make sure you've got the right tools to do what God is asking you to do. Fishing is a lot like ministry. Kind of ironic, isn't it, that Jesus would say, I want you to fish for people. Maybe that's why Jesus had this connection in the parables with people, with us today, is because that's what he wanted us to do. Maybe that's why this metaphor, this parable, has so much value for us today, even though we're thousands of miles away from where Jesus was and we're hundreds of years from when he actually walked the earth and he gave this message to the original disciples. So what's, what's so special about it? What's so special about fishing? Why would, why would we think that we need to spend today and the next couple of weeks talking about uh, nets and fishermen and the sea and all of these things surrounding fish? Because i got to be honest with you, I'm not much of a fisherman, right? I know that might surprise a few of you, but I'm not much of a fisherman. I haven't done a whole lot of it. Is, and the, uh, of it. And, but the reason that we're going to do it is because Jesus talked about it a lot. Jesus demonstrated it for us. And anything that Jesus talked a lot about, I'm willing to jump in and, and talk about. And before we get too far down the road in this sermon... I think we need to point out something that is, is very, uh, very often missed in this parable when Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God and how it's like a net, right? The way these early fishermen fished is not exactly the way that we fish today. Now, some people do when they do it for a living, uh, but the way that the early fishermen fished is not like we do it today. I don't know a lot about fishing. As I said, I've been several times, but I'm certainly not an expert. I always enjoy it, um, and, and I always like, why don't I do that more often? Because every time I go, I really enjoy it. But when I look at, at what the early fishermen did, how they did it, it's way different than how I see uh, Bill Dance doing it in his University of Tennessee ball cap on ESPN. That's for you, Michael Horn. You're welcome. Uh, big Tennessee fan. But yeah, anybody ever watch Bill Dance? Okay. All right. Really, really slow day for you that day, right? You're watching fishing on TV. You watch this guy on TV. He gets in his boat. He casts the line. He targets the spot he wants to go. And he's done a nice job of making a living by, by catching these fish one at a time. It's not a bad gig to be able to make a living just sitting in a boat and, and fishing, right? Well, what these early fishermen did, they did what is called net fishing. And net fishing is just like you would imagine, it's the practice of, of throwing out a net into the water, either from the shore or from a boat, and you would scoop up as many fish as you could possibly scoop up as you are pulling the net back to shore or back into the boat. And generally speaking, this is the type of fishing that Jesus is talking about when he's talking to his disciples. And when he says in Matthew chapter 13, verses 47 and 48, Jesus said, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a fishing net that was thrown into the water and caught fish of every kind. And when the net was full, they dragged it up onto the shore, sat down, and sorted the good fish into crates, but threw the bad ones away. Now, earlier in this passage of Scripture, earlier in Matthew 13, Jesus has just gone through several comparisons about what the kingdom of heaven is, is like. 
right? He said it's like a farmer scattering seeds. This is something that would relate to people back in those days. He's using all of these stories to relate to people what they did, things that they would understand. It's like a farmer scattering seed. It's like wheat and weeds. It's like a mustard seed. It's like yeast. It's like a hidden treasure. And now he says it's like a fishing net. The kingdom of God is like a fishing net. How so? Well, when we say the kingdom of God is like a fishing net, it's, it's like the net that I described just a moment ago, but even more specific. It, 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 when you look at the Greek, there's a, there's a, a word called, that, that they use here, segene, okay? Segene, it describes this large drag net, right? And it's kind of weighted, and you throw it in, into the, the water, and the ends are drawn together, and then you start pulling that net in, and as you're dragging that net in, uh, you're dragging in all sorts of different things, right? And what what Jesus is saying here is the kingdom of God is, is like that dragnet. It, it's spread out wide. Jesus has lowered the net for all of us, over all of the earth, the scripture says that, that the, it, it was thrown into the sea. It actually says, uh, in, in what we're talking about, it actually says it's thrown into the water. Some passages say it was thrown into the lake, but whatever. We know it's a bunch of, of water. The point's still the same. Instead of using this singular line like build dance, instead of using a spear to go after just one fish, we throw the net into the water and... You pull it back and get as much as you can get. Now, obviously, there's some sort of precision in doing this. You don't just, you don't just take the boat out to anywhere and you just throw the net in and hope you, you get somewhere. These fishermen knew where the good spots were, and so they would take the boat out to where the good spots were, and, and they were generally doing their best to find the good spots, and they would throw the net in, and they would engulf anything that was in the water. They would pull it up, right? And the sea or the lake, depending on your translation, in this parable, it represents humanity, Right? It, it, it represents the earth. It represents all of us. And so God has lowered the net down for all of us. And he, and he wants all of us to be in this net. He wants all of us to be in this, this, this kingdom. And, and the body of water is represented by all the people in the world. And, and it's, it's, it's important that we know this. Because here's the deal. If Jesus would have said the kingdom of heaven is like a fisherman who casts his line in the lake and, and, and he lands the perfect largemouth bass, that would have meant, okay, I want you to go after one certain type of individual. I want you to go after somebody that maybe has got their act all together or something like that. I want you to go after one specific thing. But, but Jesus, I think, was very, in, no, I know he was very intentional in saying, I want you to throw your net out and I want you to bring in as many as you can bring in. Because we know that John 3.16, this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus isn't looking for the perfect largemouth bass. I said this to someone the other day. And they said, yes, he is. He makes them preachers. I don't know. if I didn't like that very well. God sent Jesus to redeem the entire world. 
And the father lowered the the gospel net of salvation over the sea. And the net is gathering up anything that will come into it. And everything that that, uh, uh, is willing, I guess, to get into the net, he's gathering it up. And that means that the kingdom gathers fish of every kind. One of the reasons I think this parable is so amazing is that in describing the kingdom of God like a dragnet, we come to understand that the net indiscriminately gathers up anything and everything that is willing to be a part of it. In the sea, in the ocean, that means that you have all kinds of species that are drug into the net. for Anything from fish to crustaceans to to coral, anything else that's traveling through the water, junk. It might be an old license plate, a tire, a boot, anything. I don't know. But this picture is incredible as to how we see the kingdom of God, that the net drags up all kinds of people. In fact, we know from the book of Revelation, this is what it's going to be like in the end times when we get to heaven, when we are praising the Lord before the throne. In Revelation, John says this, After this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne of the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands. An uncountable multitude, every nation, Every tribe, every people, every language standing before the throne to worship. I honestly think the local church should be a microcosm of what that's supposed to be. We, we, man, I wasn't going to go here, but I feel like I need to. I don't know if it's just breakfast or I don't know if it's the Holy Spirit, but. Look around. For the most part, we're middle class white Republicans. <laughs> Am I wrong? I mean, there's a few Democrats out there, and you still could make it to heaven. It's all right. God will. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, isn't that kind of what we are? That, When I read this, every nation, every tribe, every people, every language. What are we doing to cast the net out there to bring some of those people in? Because when I look at the book of Revelation, it's a beautiful picture of the the kingdom of God. And, And this net is dragging up all kinds of people. The righteous people, even the unrighteous people. And here's what we do. I've been bad about this. I've been bad about going after people who are like me, who look like me, who vote like me, who are maybe on the same kind of level in a lot of different areas as me. We, we, we kind of have this idea that, that we have preset in our minds who we think we need to go after. And God is basically saying, no, what you need to do is you need to cast the net out. You drag all these people in and let me take care of sorting them out. And listen to me. It, it's our job to just bring them in. It's God's job to separate them. I read a quote this week that I really like, and I just I gave it to John late this morning. And I, yeah, he got it in. John Imley is the man. If God didn't, see, I didn't even type it right. If God didn't send Jesus into the world, 
to condemn the world. See, I didn't even type it all out. What it should say, just get rid of that for a minute, all right, because I really typed it back. Basically, what he said is this. If God didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, he didn't send you. Pretty sure. But what we do is we kind of, in our minds, try to figure out who we think is worthy of being here, a part of our group, a part of our club. We bring them in, let God separate them. How many of you have ever watched those fishing shows on TV, like the deadliest catch and all those where they're, ca- they're, they're deep sea fishing, right? And they're, they're pulling these crabs up and things like that. And, and there's always, you know, the scene where they lower the nets and they haul them in and they sort out what they're going to keep, right? They're gonna, they keep the good ones that they think that, you know, are usable and then they, get, they, they, they throw the other ones back. Or maybe some of you hate fishing. Some of you are like, maybe when I start talking about fishing, you, you tuned me out a long time ago. If that's you, listen up for just a couple seconds. Let me ask you this question. Do you have a junk drawer at home? Any hoarders? Anybody going to admit to being a hoarder, right? I bet there at least comes a point in time ever so often in your life, maybe it takes a few years, maybe it's every year, but you look at that drunk, junk drawer and you think, man, I probably, ought to, I, I probably ought to clean that out, right? And you begin to put things into piles. You have a keep fi- uh, pile and you have a throwaway uh, pile. And, and whether you're into to, to fishing or you have one of those catch-all drawers in your house, the lesson is the same when it comes to us spiritually. There's going to come a point in time in history when the contents of the net will be sorted out and we let Jesus take care of that. And he elaborates further down in Matthew chapter 13. He says this, that is the way it will be at the end of the world. The angels will come and separate the wicked people from the righteous, throwing the wicked into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And while Jesus describes a very harsh reality for those who don't believe, I think he's also giving us a wake-up call as a church. To do it while there's time. He says there's coming a time. When Jesus is going to come back. And he's going to, he's going to separate all of that. You know? As long as we're all in this net together. Known as the world. As long as we're in this net known as humanity. We still have time to share the gospel with people who don't believe Yeah, we still have time to pray. We still have time to seek salvation for our families and for our friends and our coworkers and strangers that maybe we run into in the coffee shop. But there's going to come a time when the Bible says the final trumpet will sound and the end of the age will come and there won't be any time left. And when this happens, it's going to be time for sorting. And that job's up to God. The chief fisherman, the divine creator of all that there is. And so we have time now, but we're not guaranteed how much time we're going to have. And too often in the church recently, this is what I have have experienced um, all too much in this church recently. Life is fragile. 
And we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And life moves pretty quick. It comes at you pretty fast. And so we have to get busy now. Because we don't know how much time we're going to have. We don't know how much time we're going to have personally, how much time it's going to be before the Lord says, all right, that's enough, I'm coming back. And because of that, we need to understand these simple truths about fishing. First of all, it takes patience. You know, it's kind of like uh, the old saying, if you were in the army years ago, hurry up and wait. How many of you can relate to that? That's kind of what we've got going on here. We, we need to be about it. We need to hurry up. We need to get busy right now, but we need to, we need to be patient, right? Results take time, and that's why we have to get after it right now because we are running out of time. It takes time. You don't just, you don't just cast your line into the water usually and, and, and catch someone, catch fish right away. I, reminds me one time I went fishing with a guy from North Vernon. His name is Charlie Spicer. I don't know if you, you remember Charlie and May Spicer. Charlie asked me to go fishing with him one time. I'm like, well, I don't fish much, but, but I'll go with you. He said, okay, this sounds fun. So, so we got out uh, in his boat out on the water, just the two of us out on the lake. We're there for just a few minutes, and I caught my first bluegill just within the first few minutes. I took it off the hook. I baited the line again, threw my line in the water, and uh, I'm telling you, this is not a fish story. But my line barely hit the water, and I had another fish on the line. I reeled it in, took the fish off the hook, baited it again, threw it back into the water. Boom! The, the hook barely hit the water, and I had another fish. I was catching bluegill left and right, just quick, 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 quick. It got so ridiculous that Charlie said, listen, just swing the pole over to me. I'll take the fish off and rebate it, and you throw it back in the water. Because he just, uh, like, I mean, we had our own assembly line going on on, on the lake, and, and I was just plum giddy because I hadn't been fishing a whole lot, and I'm just, I mean, it was crazy, right? And, and this went on for quite some time. And, and uh, true story, I wish Charlie were with us. He could verify that. But it was a bunch of fun. But this is generally not what happens when you go fishing. Amen, fishermen? I've gone several times since. That has not happened again, ever. What usually happens is this. I don't catch any fish for the first half hour or so, and so I give up and I quit. Anybody with me on that? Right? I think as Christians, we do the same thing. We don't stick it out. We're not patient enough. Well, I talked to them, but they didn't want to come to church, so I'm just going to give up on it. It, it. it takes an investment of our time. It takes patience. And that's even more critical now, as we know time is so precious. Each day that we live, we're one day closer to the Lord's return. And so we got to get on it, and we have to be patient. Fishing for people takes patience. So we need to continue to lower our nets into the water and bring in whoever we can. We did that recently over Christmas. I can't wait to see what God does with this. We, we spread out our nets as a church by collecting the Christmas offering, and we bought a bunch of items for Fadria Elementary School just up the road here, and Stacy and I went shopping with the money that we collected, and uh, we will deliver those items tomorrow to the school. You know how many pairs of socks and underwear you can buy with $2,400? 
<laughs> uh, Walmart was probably not too happy with us, both Walmarts and Target, because we kind of went through and we kind of cleaned them out. It, it was, a, it was a, a bunch, right? Hair brushes and hair ties and deodorants and body sprays and all these things that the school requested. And this gift will be given to the students and the staff, really, of, of Fadria Elementary School. And, and we need to be patient because I think God's going to bless those efforts, right? God's going to bless what you guys have given. You've sacrificed financially. We've reached out to them, and, and I think God's going to bless. I don't know how, but I, but I know he's going to bless it. And so it takes patience to just wait on that, and it takes skill. Listen, we can't just blindly go through the motions and hope that we catch something. We need to be intentional. We need to use the skill that God has given us. God has given each of us a gift. The Bible tells that. If we believe in him, if we're followers of Jesus Christ, he's given us a spiritual gift to be used in his kingdom, and we need to be using it for him if we want to reel in a bunch of people. And that might also require us to do something different than we've done in the past. As we've said before, the definition of insanity is continuing to do the same thing over and over and over again and expect different results. That's insane. That's the definition of it. I love the story of Peter, James, and John, right? They're out fishing in the Sea of Galilee. Jesus tells them to do something different than what they'd done before. Listen to this, Luke 5, 1 through 6. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. I honestly believe that in order for us to catch more fish, we have to be willing to go deeper. And we have to be willing to do something maybe different than what we've been doing. We have to be willing to cast our nets to the other side, as some translations say. We have to be willing to do what God is asking us to do rather than relying on maybe what we've tried in the past. God has given us the skill, but we also need to listen to his direction, listen to what he's saying to us. And we have to be willing to use our mental and our physical strength, willing to get our hands dirty. We need to use the tools that God has given us. And you say, well, I don't know if I have the tools to, to do what God is asking me to do. Well, then I say, let's invest some money and buy the tools. Let's do whatever we need to do, because our job as ambassadors for Christ is to join with God in spreading the kingdom net in the name of Jesus Christ and bring in as many as we possibly can. And our job is not only to offer the kingdom to people we see as worthy. Our job is to offer it to as many as possible and let God deal with sorting it all out. Because that's his job, not ours. And we know that he'll be faithful to do his part. We just need to do ours. But the question is, will we do it? 
So this coming week, I want you to think about how you can share the good news with others. I want you to really be in prayer about what God is asking of you to spread the net of the kingdom out even further. How can you participate in reaching people? Where do you need to exercise more patience? How can you grow in sharing with others? Pray and ask God to increase your mental and physical ability. Humble yourself. Get your hands dirty in serving others. If you need to spend a little extra money to get some better tools for the journey, I encourage you to do that. It'll be an investment that's well worth it. Who will it be in 2023? It steps up. Get serious about serving the Lord. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. I'm going to ask our worship team to come. We're going to offer a song of decision this morning. And if you're here and you want to make a decision to to follow Christ, maybe you've never made that decision to surrender your life to Him, to repent of your sins, to be baptized into Him. Maybe you need to do that today. Maybe you've already made that decision. Um, and, and, and maybe you're not a, a member of a church anywhere, and you're like, you know what, today's the day I want to I wanna, I wanna become a part of a body of believers that's trying to reach people for Jesus. Maybe today's your day to do that. Maybe today is your day just right where you're at to just do some business with God and say, God, I'm going to commit myself to reaching someone this year. I just encourage you to be obedient, whatever he's asking you. Let's bow together.